with you're listening to the Gabby and Scott show, and uh, big surprise for you this week, Gabby didn't even show up. God, you know, she had something she needed to do. Um, but anyway, I need to get through this first part of what I what they make me say. Uh, that's produced and broadcast by Roos, Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. So I hope I've satisfied uh, the people up in the corridors of power. Now that I've said that, but we have we have two guests today. And uh, they're, they're both very cool chicks, uh, Jennifer Johnson and Dawn Johnson. Uh, they're not sisters or anything like that, and these are two very different women, very different. Jennifer Johnson, we'll, we'll find out a little bit about both these. All I really know about Dawn is that she uh, used to be a bartender. Oh, which, God, that's on there. <laughs> which strikes me as fairly colorful. Um, you know, I don't know what to say about that. And and uh, Jennifer is now hold on to your hats here because Literally. you you will you will you you will not want to react to the first word that I say. Let's let this play out because it's going to be very different than what you think. But Jennifer is a witch, a good witch. Okay, now, so please don't think for anybody who may be thinking, oh, this is. Uh, Satanic. This is bad. Um, it's uh, insulting to religions or anything like that. that. That is not what you're going to be hearing. I promise you. Or we wouldn't be doing a show like this. Uh, these are things that I think are interesting. But I, probably the more interesting thing is that these girls are heading up the um, the Scott and Gabby uh, fan club, and they have been mm -hmm. traveling across the nation, and I think even into Canada. Um, you know, putting together fans, and I want to know how that's going. Jennifer's that she she does all that. I, oh. I just follow. I mean, if you well, just we have a bus sort of like Paris Hilton and Paris, you know, and Nicole, the Simple Life, and we've been going all around. And um, the first question is, who are Scott and Gabby? Well, wait, wait a minute. That shouldn't be the question. I thought, I thought my popularity. Had already made it into the mountains where they sing songs about me. The mountains of West Virginia, you're big. You are so big there, let me tell you. But it, when we get on out of the country, it's, it's usually when we go to other countries that that they aren't familiar. Oh, well, but I mean, when they see your picture, they're like, "Sign me up." Oh, deeply in love. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't I'm sure. It. Girls get get very passionate exactly. and you know starry eyed and all that kind of I stuff. I am Scott. I think Jennifer brought you a love potion. She's oh, going yeah, to get some you love up today. Yes. Oh yeah, we're actually going to talk about the the love spells. Um, before the show, Jennifer was telling me that her husband, who she calls Sasquatch, oh. Sasquatch snorer, wasn't <laughs> Sle it? Sleep and snore Sasquatch, like, sort of like Elmo, tickle me Elmo. Okay. There's a snoring Elmo. Mm -hmm. So w what goes on at Jennifer's house, and I, I get the idea it's pretty constant. She puts a love spell on her husband, you know, because she's a witch and she's able to do that, and it doesn't work at all. Sasquatch sleeps right on through the whole thing. I'm not proud of that. Now, <laughs> I, my spells used to work very well because we've been together 20 years and married 17. I think they're just not strong enough anymore. He's a very big man, and I think I need to increase the, the amounts of the potion. Yeah. I don't think I used enough gardenias, enough, you know, incense, rosemary oil. I think it's because he's a very big man. You might need to just put your foot right Like Sasquatch. Well, you met him. <laughs> he, he's a nice man, but, you know. It's not that your <clears throat> powers of witchcraft are diminishing. 
It's that he's gotten bigger. Exactly. Or he's got immune to it. Could that be it? Well, I think he should work on his own health, maybe. And, you know, I told him to walk more exercise. And, of course, he works a lot, so I can be a witch. Do you walk with him in your witch He won't. He won't walk. (laughs) He He doesn't really want to be sick. He walks (laughs) 10 feet ahead. Well, isn't that interesting? It is. It's true. Okay, so tell me what a love potion is. If you were to mix up a love potion for me, or preferably for some of the girls around here that I kind of have a little crush on, Ooh. they'd be the ones who'd get in the love potion, not me. I mean, I'm I'm all eaten up with, with love. Well, um, if they wanted to attract a man, and let me say about <clears throat> spells and what I believe, I am a Christian, raised Southern Baptist, and that sounds funny, but if you get to know me, I'm all about love. And, I, But I also believe in the power of the mind. In other words, positive thinking. In anything that you do, if you're positive, that positive energy uh, comes through. And in my tarot readings, which we're talking about a spell, it's all about giving people hope and positivity. And so my spells, it's not really that they're magical. The magic is within yourself and making your wishes manifest and let's face it if you do something that's ceremonial if it's lighting candles burning incense picking some beautiful flowers um it sets the mood and it makes you more in inclined to be romantic and have romance i believe we have to bloom where we're planted and i love my sasquatch let me tell you but I'm, so we have to make the most of who, who we love, our relationship. I'm all about making it the best and bringing all you can into it. So my spells are more or less to empower people and make them feel they can make the magic happen. Yeah, that, that is so different from what most people would think if they just hear witch, tarot cards, things like that. And actually, we got, we're getting a chat in here from somebody. Mm. Um, Oh, we have a call for. Well, let's take the call right. first because we can respond to the chat in a minute. We've got Kathy. Who is she on? Kathy, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> well, hi, Kathy. This, this is Scott. What, what, what did you want to talk about? Um, can I ask anything? You sure can. Hey, Kathy. Well, hey, hey, Jennifer. This is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. What's on your mind? Um, well, um, I kind of wanted to know a little bit about my future. Um, I'm recently separated. Um, I'm uh, from Wilmington, um, Carolina Beach. Okay. And I just wanted—I just kind of wanted to know if you could um, just tell me a little about a little bit about maybe what to, what the future holds for me. Well, I can handle that question. Um, <laughs> Your, your your future your future looks very bad. No. Um, I see I see that you are you are doomed, and <laughs> he's joking. I have I have the cards right here, Kathy. Scott, may yeah, now I, who who are you going to believe here? Scott, gonna, she's such a gonna, nice lady. You're going to believe a witch, or you're going to believe me? I know. I bet I know the answer. <laughs> 
Thank you. Smart girl. You you are a smart girl. Because I was gonna carry on with all kinds of nonsense about what was laying in store for you. See, I can't even stand to be like that. <laughs> okay. I have pulled the cards and I, from the deck, and this will have to be short because this is the Scott Show. He's being kind enough to let me visit today, and I do appreciate it. <laughs> I see the Eight of Wands, and I'm going to show this to Scott because he wants to learn more about tarot. Yeah. And the Eight of Wands is like, I call it the firecracker card sometimes. And for you, this is a time of growth. Eight is the number of infinity and harmony. It's all about new beginnings, happiness. And if you're dating someone, look for fireworks, passion, maybe a new relationship coming into the works. And the next card, this is your... Excuse me. When you say look for fireworks and passion, do, do you mean... Actually you mean go you seek it? You should be expecting it? I mean, well, both, you know, out. we were talking about being positive. Um, if Kathy or any lovely single lady sits in their their house and doesn't go out and let people see them and talk to them, it's going to be harder to happen. So, yes, I mean, she should be expecting that coming up, but also be positive, get out. It's also a card about accept invitations. Like if a friend says, go with me to this party or go with me to this event, you may say, I really don't want to. Do it. Go for it. Because at that event, look, Scott and Dawn, the king of coins. He's one of my favorite kings because this man is holding a golden coin he is a ruler. He rules his kingdom. He loves beautiful things, and he wants the, his lady he will treat like a queen. God, that guy looks remarkably like me. <laughs> he does. And it sounds like we have the very same personalities. Well, see, I mean, <laughs> ladies, he is gorgeous. I hope everybody's buying into that. I wish we could be on Skype. And then we have the Nine of Cups card. And cups are about emotion, love, spiritual things. And if you look at them, it can also be overindulgence. You may not want to fall too head over heels at first or let the man have you drink too much champagne. Beware of that. But I'm seeing for Is the overindulgence part the... I'm not trying to be oh, cute at no. all, but is it that he's a little bit got a chubby face? Is that the overindulgence well, some, reference Well, sometimes this is called the fat cat card, and then in other ones it's a more beautiful woman. This is just one deck. Um, on my other decks it's a lovely lady with blonde hair and white cups. Um, it's about just carrying anything to the extreme. But also her final card, and this this will be the end, is the Ace of Coins. All aces are gift cards. And this is like financial. It could be a ring. What is your treasure? What is your gold? It's like a gift of what you're wanting. It can be a dream come true. It could be an engagement ring. It could be that raise at your job. So for you, I see lots of social activity coming up. And I do see a man that's a very well-off, he's a self-made man, a strong man, and lots of love and maybe lots of, of dating, whining, dining. That's where she'll have to watch the overindulgence. And then the Ace of Coins is like your dream will be in your hand. You're going to realize your dream and have your dream come true. And I hope you'll... Well, thank you. Call me back like 
when I'm on another show, like for the new moon readings I'm going to be doing, call and let and you'll have to let me know when you know what I can do and let me know what's going on. Well, can I say one more thing? Thank you, Jennifer. And um, this guy, Scott, sounds real nice, too. Oh, is honey. Is he single? He is. And, you know, unfortunately, he, I'm not, but I love my Sasquatch. But I have to say, he is, he's a doll. Right, Dawn? He's pretty uh -uh. fine. I mean, okay. I'm a lucky uh -huh. lady, honey. And I've got connections. <laughs> okay, well, listen. Yeah, you tell him when it's over that um, you tell him who, um, so you just, Okay, I'll talk I feel to like you. I feel Bye. like I know you. Bye, Kathy. <laughs> All right, so we're down to two minutes, but I want to start a question that maybe we won't get a chance to finish in this first segment. But um, first of all, we got a chat in here that I mentioned a minute ago, and this is from someone who uh, begins by saying, "You know, I don't mean this to be a controversial question," which is a nice way to start. And and she says, uh, this is Elaine from, well, it blinked off now. I don't know what city she's from. I think it was Benson, North All right. Carolina. All right. And so so um, she wants to know whether, well, she has heard things that um, about tarot card readings and things like that. Maybe it's from friends or something. The chat was, was very short. But it's... That she has heard that those things are associated with the devil, and and I actually had heard something like that right. too. I, I went to get my fortune told last year, and I I had a wonderful experience. I really did. It was it was just great. I felt so good, and I won't uh, you know bore everybody with how that went, but it was extremely moving and wonderful. And as I was telling my sister about it later. Uh, she said, you know, uh, gee, Scott, you really shouldn't do that anymore because that is satanic, which had never occurred to me, and it didn't feel that way at all. So what, what do you say? I guess you have probably been, um, somebody has said that to you before and asked what you think. So if I'm not putting you on the spot and you can r respond to it. Well, I have. I, when I grew up, I went to Cape Fear Christian Academy and was raised in the church, baptized, loved my church, loved my preacher. And the funniest thing, I also used to work with a magician, and both of our preachers, his was Pentecostal, mine Baptist, they both supported us, supported our magic, our illusions, our telepathy, and they understood because they knew us, and they knew that we were Christian people, now, with the tarot, I do not predict the future. The cards, the 78 cards, are the 78 cards of wisdom. Arcana means secret and wisdom. They date back to the 14th century. They were even used in churches or by churches, and some as a game. Um, I do respect people's wishes. I mean, their feelings and what they believe, but what I like to teach people is I use my cards for therapy and to help people with insights. They help you think. They help me think. Um, they're beautiful cards. It's um, educational, and you can really bring things out. And I have I used um, my readings a while back, last August. I read cards for a girl, and she, the next morning, left an abusive relationship uh, her mother, they went and moved her from the boyfriend's home, and she is now 
with someone else very happy and her grandmother her mother and she called me and said thank you so much and it's like my mother says sometimes I can reach people that may not go to church or may not have a church and I don't tell anyone what to do but the cards that came up showed her as being trapped and in a, I didn't know what her situation was because I'm not a mind reader I'm not a psychic I know these cards and I believe in whatever helps us to make our best decisions and empowers us again that like you said with your reading you didn't feel like it was evil you didn't feel you felt very good about it so I believe that evil is in people not in cards or anything such as that but I do respect people I understand that fortune telling is a word just like witch and what I feel is anyone who knows me or who grew up with me I've always called myself a witch and a witch can be a beguiling woman or you can say if you look the definition she's a witch of a typist meaning she's very good at it and in the old times like in Salem these poor people that were hung were just different you know it's not easy being green like if you're different sometimes you're you're discriminated against so what I like to do is show people and reach people just like Jesus hung out with people that were not well thought of by the church people and there's a song if Jesus came to your town today because Jesus had long hair Jesus was different he he hung out with some prostitutes and thieves and in doing so he was able to reach people like the woman who washed his feet with her hair and you know that's sort of what I'm all about is and a preacher lives across the street from me his name is Preacher Barfield and a, somebody said to him the witch lives across the street from you you live across from the witch and he said well she's a witch but she's an angel and so that sort of says it all for me you know, I've, I've just met you um, a half an hour or so before the show, and that's my feeling too. You are—you just absolutely radiate warmth and and another word here, goodness. Thank you. That's how I feel. So when when I think, you know, that was a good response to to uh, Elaine's question there. And when my sister told me that the um, the fortune teller I went to that that related to the devil, and I said it didn't feel that way. I I sort of think, and I, I, I know, and it depends on you know what you believe and what you think about, I suppose. But but if if you are you know among the many people who you know believe in good versus evil, and there actually is a devil, then I, I guess you, you might also believe that the the devil can lure you into things, lure you <laughs> into things that don't feel bad. But I sort of thought that in that my experience was so so pure and positive with the fortune teller that even though I, I, I respect my sister tremendously, uh, she's a you know, great source of wisdom for me, I sort of thought, you know, if that were evil, I think I would have felt that somewhere in there, and I just didn't feel it at all. Right. I do, I do too. I, I believe that too. Now, are there people who, who do tarot cards? Am I saying that right? It's tarot cards, uh -huh. right? Are there people who read tarot cards who who are not over on over in your hemisphere? They're in a different hemisphere, and they're they're not good and those kinds of things. Well, mo everyone I know who 
I'm connected with and respect and listen to, they all use it to help people. With anything such as even preachers, you know, you're going to have the preachers on, you have, I love preachers, but you can't put anybody all in one, just like lawyers, there's good and bad. Preachers, good and bad. Um, like you have the preachers hawking this oil to poor people saying buy this holy this anointing oil and your bills are going to be paid or give me a thousand dollars and the Lord is going to save your home from foreclosure to me that's a man using God and praying on innocent people and you have that with fortune tellers too you have I've had so many people say oh are you going to tell me I'm going to die or a lady told me one time I had a curse on me and she told me to take an egg home and you've heard you've ever seen on 2020 where they go so with anything there are there are good people and bad people I forgot that we only had two minutes to go and it was like six minutes ago Dustin help (laughs) us out here we ready to go to a break? Okay, let's take a break right now. We're coming right back. All right, we're back. And while we were on break, I can't remember what we were talking about just beforehand, but while we were on break, uh, Jennifer and I were, were talking about the love potion, and I think that's an interesting thing. You know, probably a lot of us would... I don't know. Remember that song, Love Potion Number 9? One of my favorites. It just sounded like such an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a love potion? Do they, do they work? What do they like? I can tell can you. Can I have one? Hey, one of the best ones for me is that some of that vampire wine from New Orleans. And, if, and it can be really any kind of wine. But I think it's all in your magic. Um, I'll, I'll do one, and I truly, this has worked before with my husband, and it's called the Gardenia Love Spell. Would you like to read it? Um, I, or why well, don't you read I, it? I think I want it performed on me. Well, I can bring you the gardenias, and then you put them in your bath water all around your um, bedroom. Well, wait a minute. This says I have to wear a flower in my hair and oh. scattle, pe- scatter petals everywhere. Is this the love potion... Um, for well, someone who is not a heterosexual? Um, well, you're metro, aren't you? I'm, I'm metro, but... Mm-hmm. And you have some gorgeous hair. Ladies, he has got the prettiest long hair. Mm. <laughs> but My <I> husband's am, <laughs> bald. <laughs> I, am, I am very straight. This, this is probably a little <laughs> long to read. Well, I, I have out one... got a lot to do with gardenias. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as a single guy... I think I'm fresh out of gardenias over in the house. How about if you read this for the ladies? Since let them hear from a a sexy talking man. Tell the ladies how to get a man. This is an herbal spell to attract men. It works. So, I'll give you a second, everybody, all you ladies out there, and you you men can just be warned of what you're up against. I suppose I don't know what this says, but ladies, get ready to write this down and have a life of (laughs) of love and passion and sex and more love. In a little red drawstring bag, (laughs) insert a teaspoon of dried catnip. I mean, isn't that one of those things that doesn't even really exist? Catnip? catnip? What do you 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 go down the catnip aisle of the grocery store? Yes. Oh, excuse me, where is your catnip section? It's in the cat food section. But you can find it at a herb shop or wherever. Oh, catnip. Catnip. What did you think? Well, I don't have cats. 
But I can get you the cat now. Okay. She's got plenty of cats. To I have it, it, so it, anyway, two of them. <laughs> now you're only going to get people to like you. So I'll probably need to continue this. So so the guys around you're all about love. So we have in little red drawstring bag. I'm sure mm -hmm. you can find a red drawstring bag. Sure. Very conveniently. Insert a <laughs> teaspoon of dried catnip and hang around your neck. I guess you mean hang the bag around your neck. A, right? a little bit. Okay, there's a little syntax issue there. Um, like a cat that goes crazy when it smells the magical scent, so too will men be attracted to your magical scent. Love Swamp Witch and the Cat Coven. Yes, that's my cat coven. I have I have a cat coven and I have a few alligators. Dawn met yesterday. I have an alligator named Annie. Is this you in the picture on the gardenia one? That is me. You look blazing hot there. Don't look at that. Do you mean like I was hot or in a... She is hot. No, you mean, I mean, she is hot. I mean, you mean like nice? just good looking hot. Ooh, tell my husband. Scott, you've got to go to her house. It's oh, I like would a, love to have Scott come over and Dustin. <clears throat> it's like a museum. To be. Well, what kinds of people uh, come to see you? And when I say when I say what kinds are these are these people oh. recognize it can it can just be you know every shade of human character. I'd like to Maybe. share. But you know, I wonder if it's you know I'm just if I can sort of hypothesize for a second. I would love to share the type, the kind of people. Well, why don't you just go ahead? Believe and it or not, I have some radio DJs not from this station. Re you know, on the regular radio, they're some are well known. And well, I some have losers. You mean uh, they're not on the internet radio? No, I know, yeah, but not. Well. Anyway, I have people, a lot of horrible. entertainers, a lot of people that are into um, acting and performing that they have a lot of questions because think about it, their, their work is not nine to five. They're, they're wondering like, is this show going to make it? Is my new show right for me? Should I do this? Should I emcee? I have um, housewives that are concerned, like tomorrow night I'm going to be doing some readings for some ladies. I know some are financial questions. I think right now people um, have a lot of problems with money and insecurity. Um, I have housewives, young girls, and the 4th of July I had a darling couple. Um, they are 25 years old, just a precious couple, and they ended up spending about three hours with me. We had some chips and dip, and I did two readings for each one of them, and they wanted to have their readings together, and they, it really helped them with their relationship, and he had some business questions. And if they could, would ever call in, I'm sure they, they would be glad to, what would be interesting, I think, is if you sometimes talk to someone who has had a reading and ask them, like, how did it help you? How did you feel? And I have, but I have all kinds of people. I have doctors. I have um, very professional people. And I have people just uh, struggling with day-to-day -day issues that they, they just want guidance. And also, I feel like when they can talk to me and know that, that I care and I'll hold everything in confidence. Um, I think that's a big part, is a connection. Well, why don't you tell us some of the personal things that you talk? No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. You just got done talking about the great confidence. Right, you know, that's actually, in my code of ethics. The, the reason I asked what kind of people come is, um, 
you know, I, I guess the instinct might be that it's people who are, you know, troubled and down on their luck. But I, I remembered thinking about this a couple of years ago that Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan mm -hmm. used to go see an astrologer. Exactly. And I was talking with some friends of mine about that, and they thought that it was, um, you know, kind of ridiculous and weak-minded for Ron and Nancy Reagan to go see an astrologer. And I said, you know, I think I think y'all may have that slightly wrong. Um, because when we get older, the thing that we that we don't have anymore after after growing up is somebody to just tell us what to do. And as an as an adult, there's there's nobody telling me what to do in my other uh, enterprises. I'm completely in charge, and no one tells me what what to do. And 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 that could be nice in a way, but also sometimes you want to be told what to do. And if you go see a a psychologist, uh, which I have done. Uh, everybody goes to a psychologist, I think, with the idea that, gee, finally, somebody to tell me what to do, and that's not how it works they listen. in psychiatry. They want you to fix the problem. So I thought, as I was thinking about Ron and Nancy Reagan, I, I thought, you know, gee, in that position where Ronald Reagan, you know, the president of, you know, we were all seem to be thought of as the most powerful beloved, nation on earth. Whether, beloved president. Yeah. Um, who's he going to go ask? And so he goes to ask an astrologer, and, and it, it meets a need. Exactly. Like, like so many other things that we have in life that just meet a need. We all need somebody to listen, to listen non-judgmentally to us. That, that's what I feel. And um, it, it just helps people. It helps me. I read my cards every day. Now, I, that's, I would never tell someone, yes, do it. The card said, you marry this man. No. But it gives insight into it. It's another source. Prayer, um, listening to friends, you know, whatever. It, it takes a different, to make a good decision, to make a well-informed decision, I think you need to write everything down, look at all your options, positive and negative. It's another way to empower ourselves. You know, the way you talk about that is, is much the way I think about it and the way I kind of live my own life to some degree. Um, because with me, it's not just prayer. It's also meditation. You know, a non-religious... Namaste. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, it's non-religious meditation. It's just a guided meditation, and that feels very good. And you feel very in touch with, you know, maybe that core you that you were born and with. And your spirit, your spirit. Yeah, and and so I've learned um, <clears throat> over the years to try these different things and look for strength, look for inspiration, look for comfort from wherever it happens to be available. Feeding your soul. Bingo. Bingo! That was that was well said. Now I'm, I was um, listening to a story the other day, and this doesn't have anything to do with tarot cards at all. But I want to see what both of you ladies think about this. It's actually a lovely story, and it was told by uh, Wayne Dyer. A lot of people will will know that name. Mm -hmm. And he tells the story of a woman who lived um, in the the Himalayan mountains. You know, just in a small village. She didn't have much at all, and she had the she had the normal. Uh, you know, tribulations in her life and good parts, but she was a very simple woman with very simple circumstances. 
And she was sitting down by the stream near her home one day. <clears throat> she had brought her lunch in, in a cloth bag, and she was sitting there eating her lunch, noticed in the stream a beautiful stone. And as she sat on the bank, she looked at the stone, and it was large, maybe as large as her hand. And so she eventually went down, um, put her hand in the water, and lifted out the stone. And as she, as she held that in her hand, she knew, however it is you know these things, she knew that her days of, of tribulation were over that the stone was the answer to everything. And I can't remember whether it was because of the inherent value of the stone. I think it had to do with the qualities in the stone. And as she held the stone in her hand, she simply knew that it was the answer to all of the things that she had ever wanted an answer to. And so she put the stone in her bag and sat back down to eat her lunch. And a man comes along who has nothing. And he stops in front of her and he says, with great courtesy, um, Madam, I have not had any th anything to eat in quite a long time. I was wondering if you could share your lunch with me. And she said, sure, without thinking at all about it. She reached into the bag and pulled out uh, some bread for him, and he sat down beside her, and they ate in silence. And as he was standing to leave, he said, Madam, when you opened your bag to get the bread for me, I noticed a beautiful stone. Could I have that stone? And she said, sure. Reached in the bag, handed in the stone, and off he went. The next day she's back again, eating lunch by the same stream, and the man returns. And he takes the stone, puts it in her hand, and says, I cannot accept the stone. And she looks into his face and he says, but I want something from you that is even more precious than this stone. And she asks him what that would be. And he says, I would like you to give me whatever you have inside you that allowed you to just give me that stone. Oh, that is beautiful. And it's just a, a story that makes you go, hmm, you know, what does that mean? And in most stories... I find, probably most of us find ourselves identifying with somebody, and I have a hard time identifying with anybody there. I divide the world into givers and takers. And within that, please believe me, there's no conceit in this at all, but within those two categories, I am most definitely a giver. Maybe. But the idea of that woman giving away the stone, you know, I wonder if I would have figured out a way to get the bread out of the bag without <laughs> allowing him to even notice the stone... <laughs> So I wouldn't be faced with the question, but I like those kinds of things because they, they always cause me to ask, where am I in the world? Where am I with other people? What am I doing? Am I, hand, am I living my life in the right way? So it's just a searching story. You hear that story, and there's no explanation to it. It's just a story, but it's an improving one. I just wondered what you all thought about that do you have an immediate dawn what do you think i don't have a clue oh. <laughs> dawn we finally gave her a I chance. here i am i'm on the computer here i'm chatting with yeah, I'm, she's handling I'm, all the chatters i'm sorry to wake um, you there dawn that's that's a sweet story it really is i i'd probably give the coin to 
Well, it wasn't a coin, it was a stone, so oh, I don't even think you were Maybe listening. Maybe she's thinking about the tarot or pinnacle. So you would have kept the stone and given him like a nickel? A nickel, penny, yeah. and dime. Yeah, tell yeah. him, be on your way, bucko. You got the Get bread and a nickel. Way. You're bothering me. <laughs> I, I think I'll always remember that story. That's a story that I will tell. Not, and I will tell that I heard it from you. And Wayne Di- Wayne, Wayne Dyer. Isn't he yeah. a preacher? No, no, he's, but he's a speaker. He's so. an inspirational speaker. I was just going to say, are people. you a preacher? Am I a preacher? We're oh. all preachers. We can all be preachers in our own way. Or min- a minister. A minister. You ministered to me then. Say, you were my church today. I wow. Get, I get my church from, uh, I go to church sometimes, but I get church sometimes from a song somebody post a very believe it or not I have she saw them I have Bibles everywhere at my home I'm a big Bible reader I'm all for for books about prayer and um, I think you can find church and you can find God and spiritual help in so many places you know it's all around you if you look and that story is, is an example of that to me and I believe just like you I'm a giver anybody would tell you that sometimes I think even when you don't have something I do believe in karma and karma is related to do unto others as you would have them do unto you they're both sort of the same and I do really believe when we give and it's from our heart that we don't have to worry that it we don't give for it to come back but I believe it will come back in the most beautiful way is that the pay it forward I, be, I believe in that, and yeah. I, I've told a story, and I'll make it brief, but it's one of the sweetest stories that's ever happened to me. Um, I don't have a lot of money, and I'm always wanting to read for people, and I'll just read for people that I know do not have money, and I read for these two ladies that came to my mother's garage sale. They were fascinated with me and, and my way of dress and everything, and I read for the ladies because they, they had some real needs, and... Then a few months later, I was at a an ash ceremony. My aunt and uncle were being, their ashes were being buried. And I had told my sister and my 81-year-old mama, I said, now listen, I don't have any money, so I can't pay for the, for the meal. And my sister like, oh, that's okay. She's, you know, got plenty of money. She's like, no problem. I'm like, okay. Well, when the, they came, we were with a large group, and... My cousin said, well, yours has been taken care of, yours and your mother and sister's, and we thought he paid for it. So we got up to the cash register, and this woman that I didn't really remember, she says, Jennifer, hey, her husband was the chef of this restaurant, the cook, it was a country restaurant. He came to the, she wanted him to meet me. He came to the table. He he met me. She and her husband gave me and my mother and sister a meal. And when I gave her a reading, I did it totally because I wanted to. And it meant so much to her that she gave me what she could give. See, they were poor people, but so that's sort of like what you were talking about with the stone. Well, that, that is just perfect. Those moments of spontaneously wanting to do something for somebody and then them wanting, wanting to spontaneously, it would need to be spontaneously to be pure, wanting to do something for you. And in I was return. in a different town. I didn't know 
where she worked. It was so yeah. surreal, and it was so. It's one of the most beautiful things that ever happened to me in my life, awesome. and makes me realize why I read cards. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you. Now I can't recall what that was, but I think we're getting cr pretty close to a break here. Okay, can we take okay. one now, Dustin? Okay, so we'll be at, we'll be out right now. Listen to Al Hurt playing the Green Ooh. Hornet, and then we will be back. I love Al Hurt. Back with the Gabby and Scott show. I understand we've got a caller on there, and I think he may have been holding for a little while. I'm awfully sorry about that. His name is Bob. Can we put Bob through? Okay, Bob, are you there? Okay, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, but I, I, I can make that out. Um, what did you have on your mind? Who did you want to speak with? Um, can I speak to Don? Hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's uh, up? Now, now, how are y'all doing? Doing great. What What you calling um, for? What do you guys think about Obama and the oil spill? Oh, Lord. I don't even want to go into politics. I just think it's horrid, horrid, horrid. Well, I can fill you in on some of that. There was an oil spill in the Gulf, and they're having some trouble with it. <laughs> Good answer. You think so? And, uh, you know, the, the rest of it after that is a little confusing, but I am clear on that part. Does that, does that help you, Bob? <laughs> yeah, do you think he could do better at what he's doing? You know, I'll, t I'll tell you. I. Or is it just a strong topic that you don't want to discuss? You know, I really, this really isn't a political show, but I could tell you this. I know when I know less about it than other people. <laughs> and so it always, it surprises me sometimes. I know that, you know, probably everybody who calls themselves a Republican say that not enough is being done, and maybe a lot of Democrats too. But for me, little old Scott here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to say that the President of the United States, who has, you know, all of these people at his fingertips, isn't doing enough, you know, that would be about as valuable as if Obama had an opinion on something I'm doing. You know, I, yeah. I just don't even feel, feel qualified to talk about those yeah. things. You know, so the way I see it, you know, whoever we voted for, because I voted for uh, presidents who won, and I voted for the losers too. But once somebody's in there, I'm all about it. You know, I am, and I, I I don't mean for this to be, for this to sound corny, but you know, I'm an American first, and so I want to support the president and trust him unless there is some some very obvious reason that he can no longer be trusted. And it, it would take a whole lot to convince me of that. So I like to believe that, that BP is, is doing what they reasonably can do. I'm sure we could all do more in all phases of our own lives. But I think they're, they're probably doing everything they can do because they're the ones who are responsible for the damages, so they probably want to get it capped. And I think the president wants to get it capped too. And it's, it's I know it's frustrating. For, it's not that frustrating for me, really because it's not because I don't live in the Gulf, it's because I believe yeah. that everybody is working to get that thing capped. That's all we're talking about. That's the focus of the nation. And I think, I think we have good people behind that. That's, that's my thought. And I hope that didn't sound political. I just wanted that to be a you know, trusting, no, open-hearted statement. Good answer. 
Well, did you have something you wanted to say about that? If we could, you know, did you have a feeling oh, no, about it's that? Just, it's just a lot of a lot of fish dying and dolphins and sea turtles. It's tragic. You know, it's sick for all of us. Yeah. You know, it, it just is sick. I don't think I don't think anybody, whether they love animals or have no feeling for them at all, can see, you know, yeah. one of those beautiful birds covered mm-hmm. with oil and and not just cringe inside that any living thing would have to probably, suffer. And it's probably messing up a lot of jobs for the fishermen too over there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's devastating, but you know we've had devastating things in the past, and we got such great resources that we can get through them, and you know restore some of those lives. And it never happens as fast as you want it to. Um, is that all you wanted to talk about with us? Yeah. Well, I'm awfully glad you called in. You call in any time you want, Bob. Okay, right. we'll we'll say goodbye now. And and hopefully it's a learning experience for all of us. I mean, a tragic one, but we have to take something from it. Positive. Learn from our mistakes. And I was thinking, um, actually, I was watching uh, The King of Queens, if you know that show. I love that show. Yeah. I like it. Very cool show. And and sometimes even when I'm watching a sitcom, when... Well, I I won't get sidetracked on that. But when I was watching King of Queens the other day, this was supposed to be a funny scene, I think, and it it wasn't funny to me. To me, it was serious, and a lot of times that's how it is for me. Um, But um, Kevin, what's his name, the husband? Is it Kevin or is that his real name? Kevin James is his real name, but the husband. I know, oh you don't God. forget Doug, it. Doug, Doug, Doug. Doug, Doug. Doug. Okay, so Carrie Doug. and Doug. Doug, Doug Heffernan. And he's, <laughs> yeah, Doug, Doug Heffernan. And he's, he's talking to his wife, Carrie, and, you know, Doug delivers packages for a, a UPS-like IPS. company. Yeah, yeah. They're not fooling anybody with that, though. And he comes home and he says to, to Carrie, I forget what sort of crossroads he finds himself at, but he says to Carrie, you know, when I finish a day and am getting off the truck and have delivered all those packages, I actually feel good about what I've done, that I've done what I can do, and I have done it well. And, you know, she, you know, of course, is scoffing at him because he's just delivering packages. Um, But I thought that was very interesting, and I thought that is so great that a man who delivers packages would feel that way. And... So I was thinking, well, you know, a lot of times in in my other enterprises, you know, I feel very satisfied and feel like I have done what I could do. And I was thinking, well, is that true for all of us? And I was thinking, I don't know why my mind would go to this, but I thought of Rush Limbaugh. I don't want to get all over Rush Limbaugh. I don't even know the guy. But, you know, in a career like that, so for... uh, Doug Heffernan to come home and be proud that he delivers packages. There's something very sweet and simple in those words and in in those thoughts. But for Rush Limbaugh, look, I'm not saying where I fit in politically, because I really don't fit in anywhere politically. But I do say that on a show like Rush Limbaugh, he must come home at at the end of every day and just think, hey, great, you know, another day of really fomenting hatred and anger. I agree. And I, I wonder about that. Is you know the people who are, you know, making donuts for us can feel very satisfied that, 
you know, they're doing a good job and they're making a good product and people are happy when they come and all that kind of stuff. But what is a guy like Rush Limbaugh? Like I said, I don't pick on him because he's conservative. If I could think of a, um, and there are equal, an equal number of, you know, strident liberal talk show hosts out there, and they're, they're kind of doing the same thing. And I just wondered, how fulfilling can that be? Unless he's got some, we'll just talk about Rush here, unless he's got some way of curving that in his mind into it actually being positive. That he really feels what he's saying. But now I have a brother-in-law who loves him. Now, I, I don't know if you saw my bumper stickers. I'm not going to say where I fit in, but my brother-in-law loves Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh, and and I don't. But I I agree with you. The things that he says are full of hate, and I'm all of, I'm not about hate. I'm all about love, and I I think it's sad. And I believe you know he has a lot of health problems. He's he's had a lot of issues with pain medication and overtaking. I feel that he's trying to self-medicate, and I feel he's not a happy person because if you have hatred in you and you're spewing hate, um, it's going to be come inside of you and poison. And I you. think it's a power trip too. I, I don't mean that trip. against him. I mean I'm just I believe that he's not really. You said a question. I believe, or you ask a question. I don't believe he's truly happy. I really don't. And he probably doesn't even believe half of what he says. He's just... Act, it's a just job. A, he's an, Well, my sister says, well, he's an entertainer. Right, exactly. Just but, a, Yeah, he can call himself an entertainer. But the, the, the people, because a lot of people who listen to any of those shows are somewhat sheep-like. They, exactly. They view, he's their leader. They view the host as the authority and what he says must be right. So when he's telling them you know, something that really is nasty and negative and here's a person you should hate and here's a person you shouldn't exactly. trust. So many people buy into that. It's it's not a contribution. I, I agree with you so much. That That's something really to, for me to think about. That's very, very thought-provoking. Yes, well, I, I, am, I am profound and people are fascinated with me and want to know what I have to say. You are profound. <laughs> <laughs> you said that tongue in cheek, but I am—I'm serious. I, you are profound, more profound than you realize, because that story about the stone and your thoughts on Rush Limbaugh—that I had not thought of. And and you—you are right, and that goes with anything or anybody. It's better to do something positive if it's something very simple, like giving somebody a sandwich or smiling at someone. Or touching someone or saying, have it seriously, one little act of kindness, you could change somebody's life. I agree with that. You know, that is a a great topic. And it's true. And we are closing in on the end of the show. We've got two minutes to go. I would like to have you guys back if you want to come back. That is a great topic. I'd love to talk about that. And so let's crystallize that before we go. The, the, The topic is... Um, well, let's broaden this topic as much as possible. I had said at the end of the show last week, Gabby asked what I wanted to talk about next, and um, and I said I'd like to talk about people who don't say hello. You know, I marvel at that. If you say hello to them and they don't say hello back, but I think we can broaden that because I I think about and talk about those kinds of things all the time. How we all how we all treat each other. 
this is not a touchy-feely show, but I think I think these things are kind of interesting because we all deal with people all day long. Exactly. So let's talk about that, you know. So we're going to do, do that next week. If you ladies are able to come back, I think that would be just swell. I'd love it. And my friends are going to be, I know they're going to be emailing me tonight like, tell me more about that Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, ooh, la, ooh, ga, ga. <laughs> well, we will be able to dispel the, the notion <laughs> of me uh, being cute or... No, you are. All, ...all that stuff because at some point here, this show is actually going to be viewable online. Um, so we can get away with some of that now once the camera's on me. <laughs> It's over. And then they see my buck teeth and donkey head if you've listened to some oh, of the former ladies. shows. <laughs> How much time do we have, Dustin? 30 seconds. Okay. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this show. It is so much fun being in here with Jennifer and Dawn and just being in here talking with you. You know, you wonder about people um, who are in, I don't consider myself really in show business, but... It is an interesting thing to talk to people who you don't get to see, whether it's performing on a stage or talking over the radio. When you hear the celebrities on you know, Letterman and Leno talking about how they really love their fans, it sounds like a little bit of a line. But in sitting here just talking to all of you out there and just picturing you sitting in your chair and sitting in a car, I'll tell you, it is a wonderful feeling you know, um, a, a, a feeling of affection and satisfaction, and it's just nice. So I hope you have the same feeling about listening to the show, and um, and that you'll come back and listen next week. So we will be on next week again, at Tuesday at five o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And you know, I didn't give the call-in number. Somebody must have given that out because we got that one call, or maybe it was two. I can't remember. But um, we'd like you to chat in. We're getting some chats that we're not responding to on the air, but I want to get into the habit of responding to them on the air so we can all actually be talking to each other, have ourselves a good time for an hour every week. Okay? So we're ready to close it down, Dustin? All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoys your week, and I will uh, be looking for you next Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Eastern Time.